0: Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Uh, but right now we're going to turn into the awards, so please turn your Bibles with me to Matthew 14, verse 25. Um, there's a Bible in, in front of you if you don't have a Bible this morning And um, as we get into the Word this morning um, I just want to give you a quick update on, uh, on our family, uh, the Avila family um, Just to talk about our summer We've had a, an awesome summer uh, Just one of those picture pickers, uh, perfect summers We've had uh, a lot of uh, awesome family stuff Going on bike rides and going to the beach and walks And uh, going to the park and going on trips And it's just been an awesome summer uh, Here are our kids That's uh, Charlie on my far right, and then try six and a half, Lincoln is five now, and that's Ellie, who's 18 months. And I'll bet any of you, any money that you want, that you won't find a baby, a baby girl chubby than that baby girl with bigger cheeks. Come and see me after if you want, but that's a, but we love her cheeks. I mean, that's just, we love her. Um, but that's her family. We're doing, uh, having an awesome summer. Um, but the biggest thing this summer for us has been that Tina and I had our 10-year anniversary this year, and uh, thank you. Yeah. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how can this young-looking couple be married for 10 years? But it's true. It's been 10 years of marital bliss. It's been awesome. And uh, at the beginning of this year, we were talking about what we want to do for our this big milestone. And as we were talking and planning and thinking, we thought, why don't we go on a trip? Why don't we just get away for a few days? And uh, so we started thinking about where we could go and planning and all of that. And as we were planning, we kind of realized that we hadn't gone on a trip, um, just the two of us as a couple, uh, in six and a half, seven years since before Charlie was born. Uh, before Charlie was born, we used to go on vacations and trips. And then you know our family grew and all that happened. And so then we ha- we've gone on trips with the whole family, uh, but it hadn't been. Just just the two of us in quite a while so we said we're gonna go on a trip we're gonna go to Montreal we're gonna drop our kids off with our in-laws we're gonna tell them you're watching our kids and we're gonna go to New York that's not really how it happened we asked him really nicely but it just sounds better if we you know when I say it that way but so we dropped them off with my in-laws, and they watched the kids for a week, and Tina and I got away, and we went to New York for, uh, for a weekend. Uh, we had an amazing time. If you've never gone to New York, I highly recommend it. It's fun. It's awesome. There's so much to do, and uh, we went to all those big, iconic landmarks. We went to the, uh, the Brooklyn Bridge. We walked across it. Uh, we went to, the, uh, to Central Park, to the, uh, the Empire State Building, Top of the Rock, just all these amazing things. We went on this sunset cruise. It uh, takes you out on the water just around Manhattan uh, during sunset, and the, uh, the sun goes down. And you have all the buildings and all the lights, and it was just an amazing time. We had a, a great time, Uh, but I'm telling you that story um, because while we were there, uh, just something happened uh, in New York, nothing bad, just a little thing that happened on the third day of our trip, um, we had decided to go to the uh, NBC building, this iconic building where they shoot, uh, sh- uh, they shoot films and shows like SNL and whatnot. And so they have an observation deck at the top. You're about 85 stories high. And you go all the way up there, and you can see pretty much the entire city of New York, uh, 360 view, just amazing. If, if you've gone, uh, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't gone, you should go sometime. It's just uh, an amazing thing to do. And so we went up there, but before we went up, uh, we, said, we just said, let's go out for dinner and grab some sushi. And so we went to this restaurant that was just a few blocks away from from the, uh, the NBC building. And so we go, enjoy dinner, and then after we thought, well, we're just a few blocks away, why don't we just walk to the uh, NBC Tower? So we started walking, and again, if you've gone to New York before, if you've uh, watched any TV shows with New York or uh, movies, or if you haven't lived under a rock, um, you know that New York is a big city. It has a lot of people, one of the biggest cities in the world, and so there's always people. It's always crowded. Uh, so we kind of, you know, by the third day, we were experts in New York. We know it's uh, there's always people around. Um, so we're walking from this restaurant a few blocks away to the NBC uh, Tower of the rock building, and as we're walking, um, it just went, in a matter of minutes, it just, it just went from being um, busy with lots of people um, to just crowds of people came out of everywhere. Like, I've never seen so many people in my life. There was people coming out of everywhere. And so we're walking that way, and then this crowd that just came in waves, it would never end, um, they're all walking that way, and everyone's walking fast, on a mission, with purpose, and we're going the other way, so we're kind of getting bumped, and we're kind of getting just elbowed, and we're trying to hold hands, actually not really, because it was really hot, and we were kind of going like, let's not touch each other, but but we're trying not to get lost in the crowd, but we're walking that way, and everyone's going that way, and we're kind of trying to make our way through the crowd, so we're doing this for a couple of minutes, and after a couple of minutes, I kind of, looked at the. And I thought to myself, like, what's going on here? This is kind of weird. It is New York. It's always busy. But this was, I mean, I've been to shows. I've been to concerts. I've been to arenas and lots of people and crowds. But this was different. This was just like waves of people that kept on coming nonstop. And everyone's walking really fast in the same direction. So, and we're going that way again. So we kept on walking for a couple of minutes. And then after a couple of minutes, I looked at Tina again. And I thought to myself, something is going on here. This is not normal. Uh, Something's up. Something is happening that way. And uh, I had this fleeting thought for a moment. Um, because, as you know, um, New York has a history of attacks and whatnot. And so I thought to myself, maybe there's something bad going on over there. Maybe they're doing a drill, some kind of evacuation. We don't know. No one looks happy. Everyone's just walking really fast that way. And we're tourists. we don't know any better, and we're going towards unknown. We don't know what's going on that way. Um, But we kept on walking for a couple of minutes. And after a couple of minutes of that, I kind of looked at my watch, and it was around 5.30, and I thought, oh, I know what's going on, 2 plus 2. Uh, th- it's the end of the work day and so what happens is that in New York, again a huge city Manhattan, you have all these office towers, You know, each one is 40, 50 stories high and uh, each building at any given point has 3, 4, 5,000 people working in them and then when everyone goes home, all these buildings empty out and all these people come out on the streets and they're all walking in the same direction because there's this one train station called Penn Station where all the trains leave from there to go to the suburbs, to go to Jersey and to go to Long Island and Staten Island and whatnot. so everyone's wor- walking there fast because they want to Catch their train, they want to get home for dinner, they want to get home for the evening plans, and so everyone's walking really fast, and everyone's not very happy because they've worked all day, so no one looks happy because you know they're running away from work. And so, once I realized what was going on, I went, Okay, we're fine, there's nothing going. I wasn't panicking, there was no fear like we need to start running because people were just walking. Uh, but there was a brief moment when I thought, Something is going on, there's something unknown. And I didn't like that feeling because I, didn't, I don't like walking into something that's potentially not good and not knowing what it is. And so I'm telling you that story because um, at the end of the day, Uh, We would sit down back at the hotel and uh, and just kind of talk about the day and talk about, you know, all the awesome things we did. And uh, that night, as we were talking, I just thought to myself that it was interesting that in that moment when there was something unknown going on, that I just wasn't sure what was going on and I felt a little bit just uh, concerned, um, that my mind, my first, my default reaction, my default setting was fear. Again, not panicking, but there was some fear that something not good was was going on. And uh, I was a bit surprised because I tend to be by default someone who's positive. I'm a glass full kind of person. And when things get bumpy, you know, I kind of look for the silver lining and I look for the uh, the positive spin when, you know, there, when there's one. And so I thought it was interesting that my mind didn't go, maybe something awesome is happening down there. Maybe there's, you know, a free Taylor Swift concert or something awesome. The people are running to that. I thought, you know, s- something bad is going on there. And so I just I just find it interesting that my mind went there and last week Henry spoke about this journey that the Israelites went through um was this unknown future that was ahead of them. and he talked to us about trusting in God even when we don't know what He has planned next for us. And so I want to build on Henry's talk from last week uh, because one of the themes that are common throughout the Bible and in that passage in Deuteronomy as well, um, is this theme of fear. It's a really recurring theme in the Bible. Um, fear is mentioned many times throughout the Bible. Uh, but when the Bible talks about fear, um, there's more than one kind of fear. There's the fear of God, the fear of the Lord, um, which we see many times throughout the Bible. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is uh, Psalm 34, 7, which uh, some nice old lady taught me when I was a boy in Sunday school, and and I memorized it, and I've had that with me since I was a little boy. And I've always loved that verse because it says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. And when David writes about those who fear him in Psalm 34, he's talking about the fear of God. He's talking about not being afraid, terrified of God, but fearing the Lord. There's a difference there. He's talking about this fear of God that we have, when we, when we see the, the greatness of God, we have a deep sense of reverence in front of God. We have a sense of awe because we acknowledge that He is God and we are not. That's the fear of the Lord, the fear of God. It's not being afraid of God. It's just having extreme respect for God because we realize who He is and who we are. That's the fear of God. Now, this morning, we're not talking about the fear of God. We're talking about being afraid, being terrified, shaking in our pants, just being afraid of anything, right? And I want to show you a video this morning. I'm two slides behind. That's the top of the uh, Empire State Building right there. Um, So I want to show you another clip this morning because, as you know, again, in the youth pastor here and... when we do our youth events we like to have fun with the kids and we like to uh, just sometimes we put them through stuff that we wouldn't do because it's funny we just want to get some giggles out of it and so we plan stuff that again most of us would not do and if you're a student here this morning we're not sorry we just have fun doing that um, but so every once in a while you know this is not just us a lot of ministers do uh, this thing called fear factors that take on that famous tv show the fear factor and so we do that once in a while and so we think of uh, all kinds of crazy care stuff, you know, stupid stuff that I wouldn't do that, you know, we challenge our kids to do and we make them eat stuff and touch stuff and whatnot. So a couple of years ago, we had a fear factor night with uh, junior highs and I had this idea that I went to the pet shop in town, the pet store and I bought a big box full of meal worms, these worms that you buy to like feed you know, lizards and snakes and whatnot, people who have, who have weird pets like that. So we, uh, I bought this big thing of uh, worms and the plan was to get the students to touch them with their hands, you know, put them on their faces, you know, and gross them out. That was the plan. Nothing harmful. The people eat these bugs, you know, they're not, um, they're just worms, and so we bought these, and then at some point uh, during the night, someone said, someone needs to eat a worm, I think it was me who said that, but someone said... Someone needs to eat one, and so you know what happens at youth. You know, then someone. St- um, so everyone goes, "I'm not doing it. You do it." And then we go, "I'll give you a buck if you do it." And someone says, I'll "Give you two bucks if you do it." So you know it kind of escalates, and so at the end, you know, someone always says, "I'll do it." So that night, Spencer Bergen, uh, he said, "Okay, fine, I'll do it." And so he, you know, st- Spencer came up and he stepped up to the plate. And uh, this is a clip of Spencer. Um, just, just watch this for a minute. Yep. Stinger two, well three, it. do it.
1: Oh, that sucker. Well, it. it's Why are you still chewing on no. it? Huh? No. Ah. 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 You're, You're, You're dead no, now. Dead? Yo, you
0: can see the guts in his, do his do mouth. It. Yes! Ah. Stinger Two, three, we we do do it. It. So there you have it, Spencer Bergen eating a bug. He was a he was a hero after that. Everyone thought he was the coolest kid for a while after that. Um, but I'm showing you that because as we're talking about fear this morning we're talking about overcoming our fears and uh, you know that's a silly example of someone overcoming a fear I mean he overcame a fear because of peer pressure you know to look cool so maybe not the best reasons to overcome a fear but you know he did something that Everyone else in the room wouldn't do. We are all too afraid and too chicken to go and eat a bug. And he was fine, by the way. These bugs are just protein. They're, they're not bad. You can eat, you know, they're good. Um, he, he said they tasted awful, but, you know, we'll take his word for it. Um, but, you know, I'm showing you that because when Tina and I were in New York um, and we found ourselves surrounded by this crowd of people that was walking that way and we were going the other way, uh, my first reaction when it came to fear wasn't fear of God. It wasn't. I didn't think God is awesome. God is all great. You know, God is glorious. That was far from it. My first reaction was there was some concern. Again, I was not terrified, but I know there was uh, just a fear uh, of the unknown, kind of not knowing what we're walking into, and my mind was kind of going, "What's happening up there?" And so um, that's the fear we're talking about this morning. We're talking about um, the fear that Moses felt when God told him to leave everything behind and to go face Pharaoh. Um, in Exodus chapters 3 and 4 there's this dialogue back and forth between uh, God and Moses and Moses essentially is listing all of his fears to God as the reasons why he doesn't want to obey God's calling where God wants him to go in Exodus 4 verse 1 Moses says to God what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you And then over the next few verses, it says um, that God shows Moses signs and wonders of his power um, just to show him that he's with him. And so God, uh, Moses is holding the stick, the staff, and God turns the staff into a snake. And as if that's not enough, then God turns the snake back into a staff. And as if that's not enough, then uh, God gives Moses leprosy in one hand. And as if that's not enough, then God heals his hand and he's back to normal. But even after all these signs and wonders from God to reassure Moses that God is with him, that God's got this, um, it says in verse 12 that Moses says to God, pardon your servant, Lord, but please send someone else. So even after God showed him all his power, here's what I can do, uh, Moses is still terrified to go and face Pharaoh. He was just afraid. And if you read the rest of Exodus 3 and 4, you read that Moses, um, he was afraid of not being good enough. He was afraid of failure. He was afraid of, uh, of not being listened to. But more than anything, he was afraid of this battle that was ahead of him. He was just terrified of the challenge that God had called him to go and face. And so, again, fear is a common theme throughout the Bible. Um, the Israelites, they were terrified. They were afraid of starving to death in the desert when even after God provided them with this awesome food that fell from the skies at their feet, um, and once they got sick of it and they didn't want it anymore, they got angry at God and they were terrified. They thought, we're going to die here. We're going to starve here. And so they, they feared, even though God had provided from them miraculously, miraculously from the heavens. And uh, the Bible tells us, again, that uh, even Goliath, the, uh, the Israelites, when they faced Goliath, um, even though God had led them to many victories over, over decades um, over their enemies, they have, they have this one warrior that comes up to them and challenges them, and they're terrified. They don't, no one wants to go and face him until uh, David did. And if you fast forward again to the New Testament, um, we look at Peter. And Peter, um, he was afraid when he walked in the water. And then he began to sink, right? Um, Later, again, Peter is terrified one more time for his life when people asked him if he was a follower of Jesus. And after he was arrested, and three times he denied the Lord um, because he's afraid for his life. And so we see again um, that there's fear throughout the Bible. People are afraid of what could happen to them. And now we know these stories, uh, we know them well, and sometimes I think we can have somewhat, I know I've had somewhat of a judgmental attitude towards these people in the Bible who, uh, who were afraid, who lacked faith, um, because we think, how could these people who saw Jesus face to face, who spoke to the Lord, these people who heard the voice of God, how can they be, how can they still be afraid? I mean, like, I can understand for some of us who have not seen Jesus face to face how we can uh, have fears, but these people, Peter walked with Jesus. He knew them. He knew him. He knew Jesus personally. And so sometimes we, I think I've had a bit of, uh, when I read these stories, just a bit of a judgmental um, approach, just thinking, how can you be afraid when you've seen the Lord walking on water? I mean, isn't that enough for us to have faith? But then I think of some of these challenges and these obstacles and adversity that Moses and the Israelites and Peter faced, and I can't help myself um, but just to feel some degree of sympathy for them and just to relate to them. Because in my life, um, I've had seasons when fear... Um, has been a stronghold in certain areas of my life Uh, we just can't help it sometimes if we feel discouraged we can't help if sometimes we feel um, afraid and i've never had an experience like moses on the or the israelites or peter where my life uh was on the line where i feared for my life or maybe like some of you guys have Uh, But in my own life, when I have faced obstacles and adversity, um, I have been afraid many times and uh, afraid of not knowing what's ahead of me, afraid of of the unknown, afraid of uh, being hurt. And so this fear that Moses and the Israelites and Peter experienced, um, I think was completely rational in the face of uh, of really tough challenges and obstacles and adversity. And I know sometimes fears can be irrational, like people who are um, afraid of spiders and real talk for a second if you're afraid of spiders i mean like we're a billion times bigger than spiders and no one should be afraid of spiders Um, but sometimes also fears um, can be rational and it can be a logical response to something we're facing something that's ahead of us and so again fear um, it's just a natural reaction a natural emotion that we all have that we all experience you know we just talked about peter when peter walked on water and uh, i want to read our passage this morning from matthew 14 Um, because I think there's a couple of things we can learn from these passages this morning. And so Matthew 14, verses 25 says, shortly before the dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said, Then Peter got down out of the boat, and he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But then he saw the wind, and he was afraid. And again, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand, and he caught him. He grabbed him, and he said, You little faith, why did you doubt? I I personally think, it's just my personal opinion, um, that Peter had a really, uh, a very valid reason and a solid reason to doubt. Um, Again, these guys were in the middle of a storm. They were on this boat, and Peter takes a step of faith and he walks on the water, but then he looks around and he realizes one more time that they're in the middle of a storm. And he probably thought to himself, I'm walking on water for the first time ever. And no one has ever done that before, uh, before Jesus. And he probably thought to himself, uh, this is not normal. People normally don't walk on water. And so he was overcome by fear and he began to sink. And so again, I look at that and I think, you know, that's a, just a perfectly normal human reaction, um, just having fear uh, in the face of something that's new and unknown. But what stands out for me in this story, though, is what happens next. And so Jesus reaches out and he grabs Peter. But rather than reprimanding Peter for being afraid, He goes to the heart of the issue, which is that Peter lacked faith. He he doesn't say, Peter, why were you afraid? He said, Peter, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you lack faith? See, Peter became afraid because he lacked faith. He didn't lack faith because he was afraid. At first he had faith, and so he stepped out of the boat and he walked in the water, but then he lacked faith and he became afraid, right? And so Peter lacked faith that in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he could overcome his fear and he could do something incredible and that's what I want to focus on this morning again fear is a natural a, it's just a human emotion that we all have it's just a part of this package of this sinful nature that we all, we're all born with um, but it's not what God intends for us I really believe that I just believe that God does not intend for us to live in fear and I'll say that one more time fear is not what God intends for us for our lives the Bible tells us over and over and over again, do not fear, do not be afraid, be strong, be courageous. If you go throughout the Bible, there are so many times that God tells us, do not be afraid, be strong. And so, if you put all of that together, we get this picture from God that shows us that God w- doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants us to be free of fear, right? See, God desires for us to live a life that is free of fear, and yet the enemy wants the opposite. There's a spiritual battle that goes on when we wrestle with our fear because the enemy wants us to fear, our fear to become a stronghold that keeps us, that holds us back from becoming everything that God wants us to become and from getting to where God wants to lead us. The enemy wants us to live in fear. He wants us to lack faith so that we may not do the incredible things that God wants us to do to accomplish for the kingdom. And the enemy wants us to live in fear of the unknown, fear of not succeeding, fear of failure. The enemy wants us to live in fear of being hurt, being rejected. See, the enemy wants us to stay in fear so we don't move forward. The enemy would have wanted nothing more than for Moses to be so afraid that he wouldn't have gone and faced Pharaoh, or for the Israelites to stay and die in the desert and not make it to the Promised Land, or for Peter to drown in that lake. The enemy would have loved it if Peter would have drowned and he would have not gone on to become one of the most influential people in the Bible and for the church and in the history of the world. And so again, we see this pattern that the enemy wants us to live in fear because he knows that when we live in fear, we can move forward and do the awesome things that God wants us to accomplish. Come on up, worship team. Um, For many of us, again, fear can be our default reaction when we just face battles and we face adversity. Um, Our default reaction just tends to be discouragement sometimes and anxiety. And uh, I know that, again, in seasons of my life, I have struggled with fear, Uh, and I have allowed fear sometimes to influence my thinking to influence my thought process to influence my decisions Um, but I just want to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way if you go to Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 it says have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord our your God will be with you wherever you go here it says that the God of the universe the God who made everything that exists the God who's bigger than anything that has ever been it says he's going to be with us wherever we go So we can overcome our fear because if we place our faith with him, we have the God who made everything that goes with us everywhere we go. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus tells us um, that we should not worry about tomorrow, that tomorrow can worry for itself. And uh, I know different people have interpreted that that verse in different ways. And, of course, uh, we have to plan ahead. We have to worry about tomorrow. We have to plan and be prepared for what's coming up ahead of us. Um, And I don't think that Jesus is telling us to just to go ahead and wing it each day. Uh, But I think what Jesus wants for us is just not to fear not knowing what's ahead of us. I know that Jesus wants us to live a life of uh, just knowing that he's with us and we can overcome our fear because we have God by our side wherever we go. And he wants to place our faith in him so that fear is not our default setting, our default reaction when things go south on us, when life gets tough, when life gets difficult, or when we just don't know what the future holds. And so uh, just like Peter said, uh, I know that Jesus wants us to have faith and step out in faith out of that boat but more than anything, and I really believe this, I, I believe that Jesus wants us to know that and to believe in our hearts that when we lack faith, when our faith is weak, um, he's going to be there to grab us and pull us up. So even when we, when we have fear and we're discouraged and we're not feeling like we can overcome our fear, that he's there to grab us and pull us up. And so I'm going to ask you to stand as we worship again this morning, and we're going to wrap our service this morning, just praising Jesus this morning, uh, because he's worthy of being praised. Amen.
1: just thank you that you, in your name, there is victory over everything. There is no fear. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but you have given us a spirit of boldness, of love and self-discipline. And Father, we also thank you that perfect love casts out all fear. Father, you are that perfect love. You sent Jesus as that perfect love sacrifice. And so today, I just pray for every person who's struggling with fear, who's been trapped by fear, who feels that they're... they're can't get free. Because you have said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The spirit of the Lord is here today. So I'm asking, Father, that you would break every fear that you would break. All the chains that the enemy is trying to keep us in that are truth and are completely contrary to your word, God. Because God, you have so much for us. And Father, I just pray that you would raise our faith even just to the level that Peter had, that he was willing to step out of that boat. That took faith. And so Father, this morning, I just pray that you would raise our level of faith to trust you in a deeper way, to trust you with more than we've ever trusted you before. God, release us. Release us from, from the traps that the enemy has on us that are not true, Father, because you have loved with an everlasting love and you have set us free. You came to give us freedom. And so God, I just thank you. I thank you for the youth that you're working here at Meadowbrook. I thank you for Xavier and for the, for the youth leadership team. I just pray that you would draw them even closer to yourself, Father, but that they would just know this perfect love that you have for them. And Father, that they would just be able to rise up and know who you've created them to be and live out that who they are been created to be. Father, that everything that you desire for them, everything that they were created for, Father, that they will fulfill that through the power of the Holy Spirit, through your word. God, I bless everyone here today. And I just ask that you'd watch over us as we go. Father, I pray that our minds are just renewed by your word because your re- word renews us. So Father, I bless everyone here today. In the name of Jesus, amen. We have time of prayer right now. If you want to come forward and just want to be prayed for, if you feel like you've been, you're in a place that you just want some prayer, come forward. Because there's so much that happens when two and three pray together to become free of some things. Don't worry about people seeing you or whatever. Just come on forward. We have people that are trained up front, to pray for you, but if you don't want prayer, that's great. We just ask that you go visit in the foyer because we'd love for you to connect, but leave the sanctuary quiet so we can pray. You are dismissed.